Hello. Welcome to The Context Machine. This is episode 644. I'm Brian Jaffin. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why you got to do that every time, man? You got to make fun of me. You got to imitate me. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> oh. I, I would do the same thing, but why you got to do that to me? Oh, that was great. Yeah. You know, for for a minute, I thought you're going to to start um, uh, breaking into songs from Book of Mormon, but you know, I anyhow. Oh, yeah. you need to see yeah, that. I do. I do. In fact, it need is. To see that. It is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. No. Um, yes. Oh, by the way, I'm Jeff Gamut. Yeah. Uh, and we have a website, contextmachine.io. Go yeah, check it out. You can use that website, contextmachine.io, to reach out to us. You can find us on Mastodon at Context Machine. You can find uh, me on uh, Threads at uh, GeekTales. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, you're being really active on Threads. I think it's super cool. Thanks. Yeah. Where, where, I, I'm, I'm on Threads, too. Oh, okay. um, yeah. And, but I'm posting more on Mastodon, mm. but I, I'm, I'm working on uh, posting stuff on threads as well. And I'm Jay Gamut everywhere. Yeah. All right. That, that all checks out. Um, yep. Yeah. What about the sponsor this week? Hello. It's LinkedIn jobs. Oh, good. LinkedIn jobs, man. I love those guys. Yeah. Uh, they're we're, awesome. We're going to tell you more about them later in the show. Um, so let's go to let's go to SG one. <laughs> let's do that. Let's, let's go back to nineteen ninety six or seven or last week <laughs> or last week for you. Yeah, <laughs> right. So you, you start talking about it. I'm going to look up see when this show actually started. Okay. All right. So for those of you that haven't uh, uh, checked out last week's show. Uh, the the subject of Stargate SG one came up. I don't even remember how because it's not like I'd listen to what we say. And uh, anyhow, um, uh, I, I confessed I, I was whining, shock, uh, because, huh. because I had bought the box set, the digital box. Oh, set, that's right, four eighty p. And I was talking about how painful that was. Yeah, and uh, and I and I confess that I had never seen a single episode of Stargate SG One, and I confess to my shock that you had right that you had somehow not watched SG One, right? And uh, and um, Patrice Brindamore she she called me out after the show because she had listened to the episode. Oh, awesome. And, and, and Hey Patrice. And she wanted to know what was up with that. And she, she was equally shocked. Yeah. So I decided, all right, well, uh, it streams on Amazon prime. So I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. Not like I'd ever been avoiding it. I just had never watched it. Anyhow, uh, I've watched all of season one. Since since <laughs> we recorded last, it's <laughs> like twenty episodes, aren't there? Yeah, because uh, that's back when TV seasons were actual seasons. Yeah, and uh, nineteen ninety seven was when it. Did, by the way, did you realize that it was started off on on HBO? Because I'm thinking you didn't know that. No, I had no idea. I just assumed it was on one of the regular 
networks because 97 so it could have been abc yeah. nbc cbs whatever it was on hbo hence the boobs in the first episode there were no boobs there were boobs when i watched the first episode there were no boobs the children of the of the gods episode yes they're they're um, I, and I know the scene you're talking about in retrospect. Um, it's when they're they're trying to find the the new queen for the the yep. Gauld. Yep, they strip and, it down in HBO and glory. That's what HBO does. It's not there on Amazon Prime. Uh, that is you. You see both of the women from the back. And then there's the the there's the woman that would be Daniel's wife who was reprising her role from the movie. Okay, okay. Along with and, the, uh, the the kid, the kid along also, with the kid also reprised his role. They're like two of the only people that uh, that uh, reprised their roles. <gasps> That's okay. It's been so long since I saw the movie. I didn't realize that. So that's even cooler. Um, but yeah, there, there's the sergeant that she gets stripped first yeah, and then we, she's not acceptable. She, we don't see her boobs. And then there's Daniel's wife. Yeah. And there's a scene where, where we see her uh, uh, head on for part of the scene. And, uh, and as I'm watching the scene, I'm like, okay, that's that totally makes sense for network TV where this is framed because it's obvious she's she's completely naked, but we just don't see her breasts. Right. And my point in bringing this up was not to talk about boobs. It was really to talk about the fact that this this show, which otherwise has a very network feel, had some nudity in it. That that please, please don't mistake my uh, bringing up boobs as something else. Well, now I'm concerned. H has other stuff been edited out? Uh, I'm not, be, not like I'm it, concerned, like, oh, no, am I, am I going to miss uh, some new shots? But <laughs> no, am I missing content from the shows? I, I don't know. You're getting it in 720p. Oh, yeah. It is definitely not, not for bleh, P. <laughs> Right. So anyway, it, this was an HBO show for the first um, season, or I think it was the first two seasons. Uh, this okay. This accounts for why in one episode you hear um, uh, O'Neill when when he is certain someone is lying to to him. Um, and, and since I'm saying this in context of a show and it's a quote, we don't have to worry about, uh, about tagging ourselves with explicit tags with this one. He says bullshit to someone. Ah, yes. Right. And I'm like, wow, I'm kind of surprised that they were able to do that on network TV. Right. But it was, it was on HBO. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. Matter of fact, I think this is one of the first uh, sort of, I mean, I, I don't think they've ever called it this, but I think this is probably one of the first moonshot TV shows that HBO did. Okay. You know, were they, were there, you know, big budget, plenty of episodes and they're, you know, they were making a thing out of it. Okay. Well, 
And then it went to it ended up going to, to the Sci Fi Channel. Okay. So I wonder if on Sci Fi Channel they oh. did show season one. Oh, LOL! It was never on HBO. It was on Showtime. Oh well, then I'm surprised that it wasn't uh, uh, very explicit. I. <laughs> That's, it wasn't it wasn't Skinamax. Uh so I was, I was doing a fine for HBO on the on the Wikipedia page. It's like why is that not coming up? Because it's Showtime. So it went from Showtime uh for, oh, for the first five years, which is going to be at least four seasons, and then it went spent five years on the Sci Fi Channel. Okay. So then. On Sci-Fi Channel, where they weren't showing nudity, I wonder if they went back and edited the seasons to make that. And so, what is showing on um, on Amazon Prime now are the Sci-Fi Channel edited versions. Oh, that that would make sense. Yeah. So, but you you I take it since you watch the you're you're not a sucker for punishment, and I'm. You know, glutton for punishment and Damascus like me, and you would not have kept watching if you weren't enjoying it. That is absolutely correct. I will walk away from from a series in a heartbeat, um, <laughs> which I actually did with um, um, Buffy. Uh, that was a I'm completely s- different still reason. Still cranky, but you walked away from it. Still I did walk away from it. Cranky about the, it. That's okay. I'm kind. I'm cranky about it too. Um, no, uh, I was thinking uh, for all mankind. Oh, uh, last last season, the yeah. you know, the the season where they go to Mars. Uh, yeah. Partway through the season, episode ends about halfway, and yeah, uh, yeah, I, it was probably a little more than halfway. I'm guessing, and it was this episode where it was so completely ludicrous. Every decision they were making was so completely out of character. And inappropriate for who the characters are supposed to be, and uh, and for what their their jobs are, and then the end of the episode happens, and there's this big catastrophe, and it's a cliffhanger uh, with a catastrophe like, oh my god, did the people die? And and it returned back on. It's like, wow, that just nope, they lost me. I didn't get that far, but. Uh, but I was I was um, intending to get that far. I've I've been intending to to watch it. I I like the show. I just got sidetracked. I I suddenly didn't like it anymore. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and, and I am so fickle, and I was out. But I got. I, I mean, I seriously over the course of one week, I watched what is it like? You said twenty episodes, twenty two episodes, something like that. I yeah, I'm not finding how many episodes there were, but I'm. Oh, why don't we just open up uh, uh, Couch Time and take a look? Okay, I'm going to look for sheet. it on M- M- IMDb <laughs> because yeah, well, because I'm a glutton uh, for massive. Y- you certainly are. All right, so call sheet. By the way, I'll make sure there's a link to it in, in the. In the show notes, it's a it's an iOS app that's uh, that's just great for keeping track of all this stuff. Okay, so Stargate SG One, ten seasons, and um, I got there. Uh, twenty one episodes. Twenty one episodes. Yep. There you go. Uh, yeah, I, I I use call sheet and couch times to keep track of. of Everything. 
Season two has 22 episodes. 22. Okay. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I did watch episode one of season two so that I'd get the, the conclusion from the, uh, the end of the story, the cliffhanger part from the end of season one. Yeah. The serpent's lair. So did you notice that some of the actors can manage to say go old and some of them can only say gold? Yes. Yes. I find that to be funny. I don't, I I don't know why they didn't like cut (laughs) dude. It's go old. You can do it. and, And they even will call out characters in the show for saying it wrong. Uh, I've forgotten about that. That's, yeah, it, it. That's funny. Well, I've seen it more recently than you. Uh, oh, I, I've I got up to season episode ten of season one. Yeah, it's uh, uh end of the season where ah. where that happens. I see. So anyway, just an entertaining thing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm enjoying it, Good. and. Um, so th- thank you for for helping me um, realize that it, it's okay to jump into SG one. Now, like I said, I was never avoiding it. It just it just never happened. Yeah. Then you'll have uh, Stargate Atlantis, which was not my favorite, and Stargate Universe, which was freaking awesome and only lasted one season. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's the uh, the Stargate SG one movies. I don't know that I've seen those. <laughs> what? What is wrong with you? Nerd card revoked. Yeah. I well, so I know that there's there one of the movies is Children of the Gods, which is just the first episode. So I think that uh, that Showtime really kind of sh- kind of used that as a pilot. Yeah, th- there. I, I think there's like two or three movies. There's also a thing that I saw that I I think it's separate from the movies, and I haven't watched it yet, but it popped up for me. And it's like um, like a prequel story. Um, I think they called it Stargate Origins, mm. and and it's about one specific character from the from early in in the the research program thing. The forties, thirties, or forties. Yeah, it's what. Yeah. Yeah. It, and uh, anyhow, so that'll be on the list as well. So one but, of the nice things about the show is that, mm-hmm. that, you know, it does last 10 seasons. And I feel like they treated it with res- like the, the showrunners treated the franchise, treated the world, treated the fans with respect throughout the through through throughout the their the, the tenure, the tenure of the show. Um, mm-hmm. It. The the stories the stories definitely get bigger, of course. Mm-hmm. You know the that first season is really uh, the monster of the week. Uh, you know the culture of the week in this case. I, I felt it, like it was a good balance of of what well, I was calling it Planet of the Week, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then main character story things. Yeah, and then and, eventually uh, they sort of bring it back to the. To the Goa Old uh, issue later in the season, as, as our 
recall. Yeah, yeah. That, that, the, was, yeah, their, the, that was their usual routine, is that the the first episode of, of any given season finished up the, the, the main story arc issue that was cliffhung. And then we have a bunch of, you know, sort of like unrelated episodes, and then it gets back into the uh, the main arc stuff in the latter part of the season. That mm-hmm. that would tend to be their their motive. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. The special effects. Um. Ha- having now watched all of Babylon Five. <laughs> I, I can as as uh, an expert in the, in uh, all of this say wow they had some great Babylon Five uh, visual effects going on like like when you see spaceships yeah it's it's obvious it's that that level of computer graphic technology some of the planets that they go and visit um the, it's it is painfully obvious or, or just glaringly obvious that this is a computer generated graphic and it's, it just looked like what show are you talking about? Just like the graphics from, from uh, Babylon five. Hmm. Um, perfect example, which I don't know why they chose to use this as part of the, the intro sequence. They, they go to the, uh, the kind of volcano planet Okay. And that just that whole exterior, the the landscape, everything it is so obvious that it's a computer generated graphic. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. All right. SG one, I'm glad to have you in the fold, man. Yeah, I'm having fun watching it and uh, and I will continue to watch it. Good. Well we'll see how long that lasts. Sir. Well, it'll it'll last either until they do something where I'm like, uh, like I just simply cannot, or someone chooses to spoil the the series for me. Mm. So, so everyone, please, no spoilers. Have you? And yes, I get that this is a decades old show, but please don't give me spoilers. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. At this point, that's on you. Have you gotten to the part where uh, Daniel becomes a chicken for a week? I'm out. <laughs> uh, okay, I will. I will say the 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 ongoing theme of Daniel has a side adventure. Um, man, that happened a lot in season one. Hmm. Yeah, so you you told me that privately a couple of days ago, and it didn't ring a bell then, and it doesn't ring a bell now. I don't. I don't well, I do not remember thinking that through ten episodes of rewatching. I, I I'm curious if you will will still think that by the end of the season. All right, fair enough. I'll let you know. By which I may not forget. Maybe you'll remember to ask me. Yeah. Well, so, someone who's uh, w- one of our live studio audience here, someone from there will remind us. Okay, good. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so, did you order uh, Vision Pro? I did not. They, they went on sale this morning uh, On as we're recording this on Friday the 19th. 
January. The 19th? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they went on sale this morning. Mm-hmm. Did you get one? And Did you get one? I asked you first. Oh, no. I thought I said no. Oh. I did not. Oh, I, I wasn't. Uh, I probably I wasn't didn't. You just weren't listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. did order one. Yes. Yes, I did. Well, you know what? I don't care because you spoiled the Daniel the Duck episode for me. Chicken. Oh, great. Turns now, in, now, turns yeah. into a chicken. Dan- it's only, yeah, it's, only for, it's, chicken. it's only for the week because they get the ray and they're able to turn him back. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> Vision Pro. So you ordered one. I did. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, going to be, uh, I'll have it delivered to my house on the second. So I will get it on launch day. Cool. Cool. Um, the reason I, I did not order one. I, okay. There, there's two reasons. So the first one was, I just didn't want to spend the money on it right now. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's the reasonable position to have. Right. I mean, because it's, it's a chunk of change. Um, but actually it's a whole roll of bills. But um, the, the other part was we didn't get the information that we really needed before pre-order started for some of us to make an educated decision about whether or not getting one now would even work for us. Like, like for me, I knew that there were limitations on some level with the prescription lens feature. Mm. And without having the details of that, there's no way that I was going to order one. And it turns out, well, I actually can't get prescription lenses um, unless some third party uh, ends up doing them and reverse engineers the attachment things for, for the Vision Pro. You could wear contacts if, if you can wear contacts. And, and I'm not a contacts candidate. Oh, Drag. Yeah. Neither am I, but, uh, but I, I actually, I haven't, um, I, I may be screwed on the, uh, the prescription too, because did you, okay. Did, did you go through the order process to find this out? No. Um, I, uh, I found the KB article, ah. um, and that details everything. I'll make sure there's a link to that in, in our show notes as well. Can you send that to and, me too? Yeah. Yeah, I, I can do that. Thank you. And um, actually, I will send it to you right now so that you you have the details even before it ends up in the show notes. Well, it's a good, um, thing, it's a good thing we got but, this done before we recorded. Right? Top men. Right? Top men. So the, so the deal is... Um, there, there's the possibility that this will change at some point and they will in fact be able to make lenses for me. But, uh, the Apple's KB article, knowledge base article, um, details what Zeiss optical can do for, for the, um, the lenses and what the limitations are. So if you use progressive lenses or bifocal lenses, not a problem. Which makes sense because you're going to probably end up with a with a, a single uh, uh, vision lens for these because that that focal distance isn't going to change. Um, but 
And I will read this right from the article. Here we go. A very small percentage of people have a prism value added to their glasses prescription. At this time, Zeiss cannot manufacture optical inserts based on a prescription containing a prism value. What 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 are you in for? <laughs> oh, bless your heart. Um yeah. I, I I'm in because I've reffed him up. <laughs> Didn't see it coming. Every time I hear prison value, I hear prison value. Yeah. So, so just to be clear, prism like like um, you know that the angled uh, crystal or glass that uh, that breaks light out into into a rainbow for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, prism. I know. I know what a prism is. I know that that's the logical thing to associate with uh, something like prescription lenses. But I still hear prison value. No, I totally get it. And, Even though and, prison value isn't a thing. Well, <laughs> in a country where you run a, a for-profit incarceration system, it actually is a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, yeah uh, that but the reason true. the reason I ex- I describe the whole prism apart is. Because I'm concerned that for people that aren't here in the live studio audience that might be like listening while they're in a car driving somewhere and they don't have the best uh, audio setup or there's too much background noise, they might not be able to tell that I'm saying prism instead of prison. Right. So the long story. So you might not ever be able to get a pair of Vision Pro. Um, I'll be able to at some point. Because either Zeiss is going to uh, to be able to to handle a prescription like mine, or a third party company is going to figure out how to make the uh, the insert pieces, and they will be able to make the lenses. Oh, fair enough. So, so it'll happen at some point where where I can do it, and uh, and until then. You know what? It's not going to stop me from setting up an appointment and going to the to my local Apple store here in Boulder, and uh, and going through the whole tryout process and just and see what I think because it it may turn out that I put the thing on and regardless of whether or not I can see well, I may not like how it feels. That uh, yeah, that's fair. So uh, anyway, regardless, there is a three-week shipping time after you upload your prescription, if you have a prescription, before you oh, get, so before you get your your Zeiss optical inserts. Okay, so so for people that placed a pre-order today and had um, a a current. Um, uh, prescription for the lenses, they may still get their prescription lenses after the Vision Pro shows up for them. Yeah, I, I am uh, 99.9% sure that Zeiss is shipping uh, these things direct and uh, the and they will they will show up. I mean, if I can get my dang uh, optometrist to return my phone call, Sometime anyway, I'll, I'll I'll be getting mine three weeks after I get my uh, device. Three and a half weeks. No, 
It'll be three weeks from now, so that'll be that'll be a week and a half after I get the uh, the Vision Pro. Yeah. Okay. Um, that sucks, but at the same time, at least it's not that long of a wait. Yeah, and I don't know. I may be able to. You know me, man. I'm I'm willfully optimistic. Maybe maybe I'll be able to to see out of these things anyway. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't go driving with your Vision Pro on. Right. Oh, holy crap. I just made the joke, but we're going to read an article about it at some point where someone is driving while wearing their Vision Pro. Oh, yeah. Don't do that, people. Please don't do that. Yes, please don't do that. All right. Do um, not be the article. Why don't I tell you about LinkedIn Jobs? What What do you say? I would love to hear about LinkedIn jobs. That's the reason I'm here, Brian. Who isn't? LinkedIn jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. But LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals. There are over a billion now. Do you remember when when they first started sponsoring us? It was like eight hundred and sixty million people, wasn't it? Something like that. But it's over a billion now. It's a, they say it's over a billion. Uh, so they've nice. got this, this vast network, more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that eighty six percent of small businesses get qualified candidates within twenty four hours. That's amazing. Yeah. So part of the thing about LinkedIn jobs is that they give you this dashboard. And this dashboard is makes it really easy for you to uh, find both your job postings, right? So you can mm-hmm. check the individual job postings, but you can also check through your candidates. They also do screener questions and other kinds of things like that. So you can um, essentially... Uh, sift through the candidates you get so that you can drill right down to the people that you need. And let's face it, having the right people is super important. And uh, I saw there were, there were unemployment numbers uh, recently Mm -hmm. and we've, we've been below 4% unemployment now for like longer than any time in the last 50 years. That means that firing, hiring, (laughs) (laughs) finding people that was a combination of finding and hiring and it came out as firing anyway finding the right people can be hard and that's why you need tools like linkedin jobs linkedin also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats might not have the time or resources to hire and with linkedin the process is intuitive it's quick and it's easy and you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash ACM. That's linkedin.com slash ACM to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you very much, LinkedIn, for sponsoring us this week. We really appreciate it. Yes, we do. Uh, let's see. And we also... Yeah, what? Oh, I have no idea what you what topic you were just about to hit, but I was going to ask you a question. Okay, um, I, I'm hijacking the show. Okay, all right. So you've been using fountain pens for a while. Yeah. 
And uh, and it's no secret that I recently got into fountain pens. Yes, which I, and, in fact, I still adore. Uh, and I'm seriously, I am loving the whole fountain pen thing. And uh, but but I I have a uh, uh, a very minor conundrum, I suppose. Okay. Um, all right. So the fountain pen that I've been using most is the Pilot Vision Pro. And uh, and my mine has a fine nib in it, and and it, and I like how it feels when I write, but that you know the pen that that I started with to figure out if I even wanted to really get into this and spend the time to to clean up all these other pens that I've been given was the Pilot uh, Kakuno. Ka- Am I saying that right? Ka- Ka- Kakuno. I, I think that's right. That's probably correct. And um, and that one I had ordered with a medium nib in it, and I really really like how that feels. Okay, it's not a big deal to put a different nib in the the um, um, Vision Pro, Pro. Vanishing Point, Vision Pro, Pro. <laughs> Vanishing Point. Um, so now I'm wondering, is it worth it to change out that nib and switch it to a medium, even though I do like how it feels? I like how both of these – is there value in me switching the, the nibs? Is there a reason why I should keep the, the fine nib in the one? Okay, so I, I, I have a philosophical answer for you. So first of all, I suspect that the mere fact that you're asking the question – means that you should change it out because otherwise your question would be would be more like you know i love switching i love switching to you know between pens because i love how they write so much your question Mm -hmm. is more is is not that your question is uh should you know should should i just switch this one out and i i suspect that 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 again that the fact that you're asking the question means that the answer is yes, you should change it out. And the reason being that you're not going to use a pen that you don't like writing with. Yeah. But see, here's the thing. I like writing with it. I, it feels really good. And, uh, and right now I have three pens inked and I think I'm going to keep it that way where I don't want to have more pens inked at any given time because I, I don't want to risk having having them dry out yeah. before I finish using them. But the, the other pen that I have inked right now is a um, uh, uh, Lamy Safari. And th- this one has a, uh, a the left-hand nib in it because I thought it would be really interesting to see if there's a difference in, in how I write with a left-hand specific nib. Mm-hmm. And my take on that is it doesn't matter. Oh, interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that, that nib is closer to a fine nib and, it, and, and I like how it feels. It feels just fine. So yeah. Is there, are, are there technical reasons why a, a fine nib would be better than a medium nib? No, it's it's as far as I understand, it's uh, especially at 
our level of writing. Mm-hmm. You know, because someone like Nick, uh, Nick Pang, my calligrapher uh, pen dealer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you I, have a dealer. I, I do. I, I have a dealer. And he is, you know, obviously, since he's doing calligraphy, he, he's always choo- choosing the nib that he wants for the effect that he wants. Right? That totally makes sense. I don't think you and I are doing that. I'm certainly not doing that. I'm I'm still trying no. to, to 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 get my signature down again post stroke. So you know, yay! And I don't hey, think even a you're fun doing opportunity that. to reinvent part of yourself. I, that that is true, and that's what I've been doing. But my point is that uh, that I'm sure that there are people who prefer fine nibs, and I'm sure that there are people who who prefer the, a medium point and there's probably even people who uh, prefer a, a wide point and you can definitely do more with a wide point, especially if it's a, one of the flexi nibs, you can, you know, do mm-hmm. calligraphy like things with it. Um, but if you're wanting to write with a medium point, I think you should probably just change it out. All right. I'll keep thinking about it. And, and the great thing is I don't feel like I have to be in a rush to actually do that because I like how the pen feels as it is, but I also like how the uh, the tip on that Kakuno feels. So, yeah, and um, I, I'm I'm enjoying learning all of this fountain pen stuff. I am not interested in doing calligraphy. For for me, these are just like I've always really really enjoyed pens, anyhow. And uh, but they're writing instruments for me; they are tools. Sure. And calligraphy is not part of the tool set that I need. Uh, that's fair. I would love to be able to do calligraphy. My handwriting is simply atrocious, so you know, yay. So I, I'm not aiming for calligraphy <laughs> either. I just. I like the feel of a fountain pen and, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting because why did fountain pens go away? They didn't go away, but why did they get completely supplanted by, by ballpoint pens? And the main answer to that is that ballpoint pens are cheap and, uh, uh, disposable. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're, it's a, a, a good, a good fountain pen is starting at 20 bucks and it's going up to hundreds or maybe even thousands of dollars. And, you know, a good ballpoint pen is starting at under a buck. But anyway, the, that's not the point. Yeah. The point is if fountain pens are so nifty, why did people abandon them? And they're messy. They can be messy. They're, mm-hmm. they, they, they have to be inked and they have to be inked, f- frankly, substantially more often than a ballpoint pen. Um, mm-hmm. they, you know, they can, ex- they can explode, I guess a ballpoint pen can explode too, but I think that accidents with fountain pens are, are certainly more common. Uh, but the reality is that they do feel a lot better. They, they write better. It is much more enjoyable writing with fountain pen. I, I really enjoy writing with these fountain pens and uh, I don't know which of the pens, that I have inked right now is going to run dry first, but, but when it does, that's when I'm going to, to ink up the, uh, the, the pilot 
uh, what is it? Nakimo? Nakamino? I don't know. Uh, It's it's the Falcon. Okay. Which I've I've just, the the different forums and, and groups that I've been checking out, people are just raving about this pen. And uh, so I, I had to get a uh, uh, converter for it because mm-hmm. it was it was the body and the nib and nothing inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I mean, I could have put a disposable cartridge in it, but but people just love having the um, the converter in there and uh, and filling it with whatever ink they want. So it's like, all right, let's do that. So that that'll get inked up next when whenever one of these is empty. Cool, cool. And uh, I think we we sucked Barry in in uh, Barry Falk. Yes, he 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 leapt in, or we sucked him into the rabbit hole with us talking about these pins. I, I'm so excited about that, and uh, Barry, I can't wait for us to get to talk about uh, about pens. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious if any of our other listeners have also chosen to fall down the rabbit hole. Yeah, yes. And if if any of you have fallen down the, the rabbit hole or the inkwell, they have fallen down the inkwell. Um, I, see what uh, you did I would love to hear your advice. Yep, I would too. You know, I would. what I would love, I would love to find more of my pens. I've got them but, packed away. Oh, I have a feeling you have a lot more than I have. Uh, well, I definitely do, but don't yeah. know who they are. So, you know, joke's on me. So I guess technically right now I have more pens than you. Uh, yeah, that's fair. It, for all intents and purposes. Well, I, I am loving this whole fountain pen world. That is cool. I wonder if anyone has any questions for us, too. We'd be uh, happy to hear your questions or your comments. Yeah. You can write to us, and, by the way, at uh, uh, contextmachinepodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Brian, thank you for letting me derail the show with my fountain pen question. Oh, yeah. Sure. It seems only fair because usually it's you using the show to uh, to have me provide information for you. Yes. That that is the natural order of things. However, yeah. I will graciously and benef- beneficently allow your hijacking today. Why thank you. Yeah. It's the last time. <laughs> you say that, but one of these days <laughs> we'll be we'll be in the middle of something and I'll say, "Hey, uh I've got a fountain pen question. Yep. And you're just going to run with it. Yep, that's true. That's just true. That's true. All right. Uh, I think that the time has come to uh, do this. And to say that is this week's Context Machine. If you have anything to comment on, add or question, you can write us again, contextmachinepodcast at gmail.com. Our bandwidth is provided by Cashfly. The base is by Dr. Boom, recorded just for this show. And Jeff, that is that is all for this week. Awesome. Hey, also, LinkedIn Jobs, thank you for sponsoring us. Yes. Uh, let's give that tagline again. 
Uh, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash ACM. <laughs> Top men. That's linkedin.com slash ACM to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, see? It was easy. Right? Easy. Yeah. Hello.